Welcome, everyone, to this episode of Monetizing Things You Can't See, i.e. Your Knowledge. Very excited. We have Joey Gleishaw here from Zonflip. He is going to jump in and tell us a little bit more about this idea of connecting knowledge and money and you know figuring out that value. Joey, who are you and why should these uh, listeners be interested in hearing more of your take on this? Hey, well, uh, thanks for having me on the episode today. Yeah, just to give you a little bit of an idea of who I am, uh, I started selling in 2015 on Amazon, and it seems like forever ago as the landscape has changed so much since then. Uh, but I really just started out doing retail arbitrage, online arbitrage, walking into Walmarts, Targets, buying buying toys and reselling them. But then I, I got into a private label group on Facebook and found that as my next passion, I would say. And so I started out really slow in the private label group. Um, I ended up just building out a coffee brand. It was a specialty coffee brand using a local coffee brewer in town here. I just went to them and said, hey, brew me coffee. And I put my name on the side of it and started selling it. Uh, before I know it, I was selling you know, three, 400 units a, a day of the coffee. And it kind of just exploded from there. And uh, within an, you know, about a year of doing that, I had a, a company reach out to me and they said, hey, uh, we need somebody to help us launch our product on Amazon. We already have the direct to consumer, the D2C side. And they came to me and said, how do you do it? How do you launch it? And I said, I'm more than willing to help you launch this. And so I took some of my intangible assets and helped helped them build out their brand online. I ended up being a partner with them in it, and they sent several hundred brands my way in doing it because they ended up being a very large brand. And we ended up exiting that brand in, or I ended up exiting that brand in 2021. Okay, so so obviously there's some success there. I've, I'm I'm hearing it in your voice. I'm hearing the excitement. Um, you, you've dug in there where, where along this journey, did you decide, you know, holy crap, I think I could do this on my own. Did you have a moment? Like, like when you were doing the retail arbitrage, did you have a day job at the time? Or were you just like, no, this is what I'm going to do full time. And you dove head first into retail arbitrage right off the bat. No, I mean, so I definitely had a transition period where I continued working my full-time job and then transitioned off of that. When you start making enough money, when you can start pulling out your profits first and you pull your profits out first and you say, I have enough money to live off of, that's when you can kind of, the, you know, the light bulb kind of clicks in and you can say, hey, I can, I can actually live off of this. If something happens, I can make more money or I can make less money. And so it just, I don't know, there's definitely a transition period where you say, I have enough knowledge and skill that I can do this and you can transition into doing it full time. So, okay, so you, you're doing your full-time gig. Just out of curiosity, were you doing something fun or was it totally unrelated? Oh, uh, definitely unrelated. I, I was working at Verizon Wireless at the time. Verizon Wireless. I love that. <laughs> Joey, so the transition there is amazing. So you're working at Verizon Wireless. You start doing this retail arbitrage thing. And all of a sudden, it's like, wait a minute. I've gained enough skill here that this could become a thing. And you started pushing into that. Were you doing what were you in the private label group at that point when it started to shift or was it mostly on the retail arbitrage? Where was it that that pivot point happened? It was it was really just when 
I entered into one Facebook group and kind of saw the opportunity there in where I can create something that I can have full control over, I can have full access to, I have the ability to do it. Um, because with retail and online arbitrage, who knows how long that's going to last? Who knows mm -hmm. how long you can buy stuff online and sell it? I mean, it's probably going to last forever, but it does end up getting harder and harder over the years. Uh, so the private label was just an opportunity for me to put my marketing and, and, and really data analysis skills into play. Beautiful. So you went through this whole journey. You had that other large brand, you know, come to you and say, Hey, you've obviously know how to do this. You've done it with this coffee thing. Like we want to partner with you. And you started to build, build there, which in a sense you were monetizing knowledge right there, right? Because you were taking something you knew how to do and partnering to, to build it up. Did they see you as more of a partner or more of an agency as you were, you know, connecting those dots for them? Yeah, as as I started out, it really I wasn't really an agency yet. I did have built up some 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 VAs were trained working with me and and had my own team built out, but I really wasn't set up as an agency. When the agency side in the trend there here's another transition for monetization is when it, at some point they had been sending so many referrals my way as they were very big into the e-commerce and they were really good at the D to C side, but they didn't have any clue on the Amazon side. So mm -hmm. at, at some point when they had sent, I, I want to say it's like probably a dozen to two dozen uh, brands over to me, they, and I started managing them. I realized the opportunity to build out a workforce really at that point, based off of the SOPs we already had in place and everything. And so I really just then transitioned from private label of my own into, into an agency. Interesting. So at that point, you looked at it and said, okay, I'm doing this for myself. Wait a minute. If I'm doing this for myself, I could be doing this for somebody else and I could get paid for it. Is that, is that essentially, and what, what made you decide that was better than going out and, you know, picking apart a new brand or, or launching something new? What, what made you decide you wanted to monetize the knowledge versus, you know, do more of it for yourself? Well, really, it's it was they were in parallel, right? So growing more brands for ourselves and working with new brands coming in or brands coming in using our agency services. So it never really stopped on on either side of actually growing. Um, it's nice to to see that uh, other brands growing and and partnering with other brands in the essence of equity or you know, there's a lot of different ways that we partner with brands at Zonflip. So uh, it was there really was never a non growth of our own brands and prioritizing one or over the other, because in essence, it's really the same process of growing brands, what we use and we take the knowledge that we know and we help other brands grow as well. Beautiful. So in a lot of ways, you just continued to doing what you were really good at, but you figured out, wait a minute, I can do what I'm really good at. And I can do it not only for me, but for lots of people and continue to make money, you know, both on the equity side and on the, you know, just getting straight out paid for your knowledge to pick apart each one of those different pieces. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Okay, so if you're considering these different skills, what are the questions that you think that an Amazon seller or an e-commerce seller could start asking themselves to identify skills 
that could be monetized or or knowledge that could be turned into a course or or the like? What questions do you think we can ask ourselves? I think really the first one is, is what are you best at? What do you enjoy doing the most and what are you best at? Um, that's That's really question number one. And then you take that and turn that into how can I provide the world or, or basically, I would ask myself, what what are people willing to pay for? Mm. So what do I know that somebody's willing to pay for? And when you're able to assess what you're really good at, it, the knowledge that you have, and then you ask yourself, what are willing, what are people willing to pay for? You can take that knowledge and monetize it. And you can do that in just, I mean, I've got a dozen different ways you could, you know, monetize those assets that you've acquired. It's not just your own knowledge, but is there is there something else that you do really well? Maybe you you do really well training VAs and putting together a workforce for your Amazon business, and you can take that knowledge and do it. You're really good at building out SOPs for your business, so you can sell your SOPs maybe to other brands. And are you really good at you know advertising or marketing? Are you really good at putting together content? And maybe you can you can help your brand or other brands or or other companies do that. So what are, I love that. What are you best at? So if I ask myself that question, what am, what am I best at? Is it, it sounds like it's probably what am I best at, but also what am I, what am I best at? What do, but what do I enjoy as well? Cause I might be really good at something, but I don't enjoy it. Right. So is it like, what are you best at and what are you passionate about or what, you know, what gives you a spark? What, how would you, how would you phrase that? Yeah. I, and it's definitely both. So what are you best at and what do you enjoy doing the most? is probably going to be the top. It, the reality is you can turn around and hire somebody to do anything, right? So if I'm really good at data data analysis, but I really dislike sitting there and analyzing the data, I can pay somebody to do that. And I can turn around and, and if I'm really good at marketing, maybe in putting together creatives and doing briefs, and, and I really enjoy doing that, then I want to put my focus on that. Or maybe I'm best at hiring people to do those things, right? Maybe I'm just really good at vetting and, and getting people in the right places and then project managing. So yeah, I think it's really both. Like, what are you best at? Or what are you really, really good at? What do you want to learn more about? And typically they go hand in hand because if you want to learn more about a particular subject, you're going to end up studying on it. And, and it's going to be something that you like because we really don't like studying what we don't like. So love it. Okay, so so it's one of those things where instead of it being a chore to go read about that, you're like, oh my gosh, I cannot get enough of understanding, you know, what this looks like or where I'm going to go next with this because it, it just becomes part of you. Okay, I like that. It, this reminds me of Dan Martell's book. It's called Buy Back Your Time. And in it, he describes Oprah and Oprah goes from her different journey of creating these different, you know, TV shows and looking at it. And she sort of stumbles into this idea of doing interviews. And it's really where the world sees, here's something you are best at, right? Like creating something. And as soon as she began to do that, things exploded for her. And so that's one of the things he says as well is like, lean into that one thing that you're best at and then let the, let the market reward you for doing that thing wildly well as you pick up those pieces, what are some of the biggest roadblocks you ran into as you began to monetize this knowledge and, you know, looking at this thing that you were best at? 
Yeah. And so I, I really think the transition into an agency was probably one of the most exciting things that I did, but also was one of the tougher tasks to do because I didn't know what I didn't know. Right. I didn't know anything about MRR, ARR or, you know, monthly recurring revenue, annual recurring revenue. I didn't know anything about putting together a proper CRM or a system, getting proper SOPs in place. While you have SOPs, you need SOPs, standard operating procedures in place that allow you to literally hand a task off without having to say anything, right? You give them, a, you give them the SOP and somebody should be able to, to, to do the SOP. So I would say some roadblocks, the, the biggest roadblock was, was growth. When you create something new and people want it and you have a, a, a large need for it, growth is actually an inhibitor towards growing, right? So I had to, you know, I have a lot of brands that would come to us and we weren't able to take them on because I didn't have the right people in place or I didn't have the right SOPs. Um, if I was able to go back now and look at it, I would have probably hired first and the, and trained and then brought in these 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 uh, accounts, like as you say, or the the brands coming in, because growth really is is the the death of a brand and the death of a an, an agency. agency. Okay, so so that and that kind of teases into the question I wanted to ask you. So, if you were to go back. And you're let, let's say that you're making a phone call back to this guy who, you know, he's he's gone out and he's he's just getting started with this, you know, this new company that's given him some equity and he hasn't exited yet, but he's thinking about, wow, I could start an agency. If you were going to call that guy on the phone, your advice would be something around hiring ahead of time. What 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 would that advice look like if you were to be able to make a phone call? Yeah, that I think mostly focus in on what you're really good at and then hire for everything else. So I was really good always at PPC and data analysis. And, you know, I didn't creating the creative. So, I mean, really, if I went back and I looked at it, it doing it again, um, you continue the growth of your brand and try not to grow too fast because it really will put a damper on the growth. And And this is true for Amazon brands too, right? Because when you're looking at growing and adding products to your to your catalog, you could literally go and use tools and figure out a hundred products that you could add to your catalog that makes sense for your brand. But should you be growing that fast? Should you be putting the money into it that fast? Do you have the right tools in place? Do you have the right SOPs in place to manage that growth? Are your logistics set up properly? So there's a lot of, of questions to ask for too much growth, but then you also don't want to inhibit yourself from growing if you're capable of doing it as well. So what questions could I ask myself to say like, okay, yeah, I'm ready for growth. Like what, what are the questions I should be asking myself to know? I mean, cause just asking like, am I ready for growth? Like, I think a lot of people are like, oh, I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready. What are some questions that I should be asking myself that might uncover the fact that maybe I'm not ready? The number one and only question you really have to ask yourself is if I was to take myself out of this business right now today, would this business be able to continue on without me? If your answer's no, you're probably not ready for the type of growth that you can expect. So you may be fully involved in every aspect of your Amazon business. You may be approving the creatives and, and thinking of new things to come up with and advertising and this and that. 
Well, if you're planning on launching 10 new products a month, if I was out of the situation, do I have the team or the SOPs or at least enough knowledge that I've exerted on my team to be able to do that themselves? And you may be, you decide what you want to do. Maybe you're really, really good at finding the products to add to the catalog and then you can send it off to your agency if you work with an agency or you can send it off to um, your team if you work with a team and say, hey, this is what I have. This is what I think we should do. And then, you know, on to the next one, on to the next one. So, okay. So can this function without me? So, so I love that. Even if I decide that I'm going to do one part or another, like how, how do I how do I strike that balance between, well, there's pieces of it that I want to keep doing and there's pieces of it that, you know, I'm obviously going to delegate. Like how, how do I, how do I see a, a balance there in deciding, you know, okay, yeah, it's time to scale. Yeah. And that's really a rhetorical question, right? That's, that's really dependent upon each person and if how much energy they can insert into it and, you know, if they have the money or the capital to put behind their their decisions. So it's hard to say for everybody else, uh, you know, and looking back at the decisions I've made, I probably haven't always made the right decisions, especially in when to hand items off to other people or, you know, letting go. As a business owner, we really, really, I worked with so many business owners, you, you, it's really hard to let go. It's really yep. hard to, to give up tasks to other people. Yep. <laughs> right? I mean, you understand that too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so how do you, what do you do to fight that? What do you do to fight letting the fear of nobody's going to be, nobody's going to be able to do this as well as me? What do you do to fight that? You just, you just have to. Uh, I was working with a brand recently. Uh, I had met with, and it wasn't even a brand yet. I had met uh, a gentleman recently, really good guy. He actually works for a very, very large beauty brand like a, an actual beauty brand and he does their Amazon catalog for them. And I looked at him and I said, why have you not done your own? You know, and in young single guy, he's has money saved up. I said, why have you not started your own private label brand? And, and he couldn't give me an answer to it. So, you know, as an entrepreneur, we have to be willing to take risks in order for success to come. Right. So, um, I'm I'm in the middle of reading Profit First for the third time. Great book. Um, Great. Yeah, wonderful. And it's focusing in on in in the four hour work week. I was going to mention earlier too. Right is 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 taking the task the exact same idea that we were talking about earlier. But you really just have to step off the ledge and and understand where your risk tolerance is. Set us. I mean, really, it's a money factor most of the time for people. Right? It's oh no, I'm going to lose. I'm investing twenty five thousand dollars into this new product. What if it doesn't succeed? What if it is a failure? But the question mm -hmm. is, what if you don't? What if you don't do it? What if you look back and you say, I should have done that, or I could have done that, or, you know, it's never going to be easier to sell than right now. We can look at the past. We can, I, I wish I would have started 20 brands back in 2016, you know, 2017, when I transitioned to an agency, I wish I would have implemented a thousand, hundred millions of dollars into it. But I didn't because it was easier back then, right? And then I would have had everything. But it's never better than right now to actually start your brand. Okay, so love that. Jump off the cliff is the advice there. Go out, push into, push into those different pieces. And obviously, you know, going back to 
what am I best at and uh, what do I enjoy doing as you're looking at the the knowledge products that you can you can push into what advice would you have for someone who's just starting out in the realm of like okay I kind of want to do some of this service based thing for other people like what would you tell them like hey if you're going to go do the agency thing or you're going to do a course thing or you're going to do some sort of knowledge based product here's something I would recommend you you know pay attention to in the at the beginning part of your journey yeah i think the biggest thing is do you have an audience that's going to listen to you and is your content good enough that it's going to affect their life so uh, you know there's an audience for almost anything that you can think of right do you have access to that audience and then is it going to be something that changes their life when i think of items that I want to monetize, I think about the end user always. And I always think about, you know, is this course going to change their life or are they just going to read it or look at it or go through it and say, "Eh, you know, this is this is what it is. Is it going to push them into starting a brand? Is it going to to invite them to do things that they haven't done before? And then obviously, you know, incorporate the intangible assets that you already have into it. Maybe you're really good at marketing and building up email lists or partnering up with other podcasts, for example, and their email lists and being able to incorporate certain things into it. So yeah, I mean, really at the end of the day, it just comes down to, is your content going to change somebody else's life? (laughs) Will my content, will my knowledge change somebody else's life? And then how do I package that up in a way that, you know, makes it easy to, to get in there? Okay. So You've already mentioned a couple of a couple of books, so we're gonna we're gonna mention those again. Um, but what we're gonna do is we're actually gonna give you sixty seconds, Joey, to basically open up and say, like, look, we're gonna imagine that you stepped into an elevator with an Amazon seller, and you know, we're gonna give you sixty seconds to be like, this is why you should hire Zonflip. Right after that, I want you to give us some hacks, tips, tricks, books. You know, if you're starting out in this journey of of knowledge monetization, of, of monetizing that intangible asset, what books, tips, tricks, hacks would you would you go out and do? So that that's what you're going to give right after the 60 seconds. But give us the 60 second pitch. Why Zonflip? Why should we be? If I was a seller, why should I be um, connecting with you? Sure. So as I had mentioned, Zonflip's an agency that we partner with brands and the brand owners to help them excel on Amazon. And, you know, we have we have exited eight figure brand before. And so we understand what how important the intangible assets are. So things like your email lists or um, your IP, your copyright, your your trademarks is a, is a very big one, maybe your patents and that. So we understand those are incorporated in the valuation. So what we do is we we help you get there as Zonflip. We use a lot of different AI tools now. Um, a lot of different items to really bundle your brand and get you to a point that you are able to exit and and make some money while you're at it. Beautiful. Beautiful. You came in well under time. So well done on your 60 seconds there. Let's jump into those uh, tips, tricks, hacks, or books. You've mentioned two books already. You mentioned Profit First. And now I'm totally spacing on the second one you mentioned. Uh, four day work week. Tim four, day, four hour work week. Yeah. Okay. Four hour work week. Four hour work week and uh, and profit first. What any other books that you would recommend or tips tricks that you'd recommend? You know, uh, I mean, I have some some books in here. You know, Atomic Habits Habits is a good one. 
I need to reread that. I read it when it first came out, but Atomic Habits is a very good one. I, you know, it's to me, reading a book, listening to a podcast, going through a YouTube video with somebody that you really follow, joining newsletters that are in your industry. There are some hacks within these newsletters that are just incredible that will really help you to grow either as a as an Amazon brand or focus in on certain items that you're you're not good at. I would say a couple of other tips, tricks, or hacks would be, and something that I wish I would have done a lot sooner is really identify your market. Who, who's buying your product, right? So identify your market and be able to reach out to that market and keep track of the emails that come in. And, and sometimes, you know, Amazon obviously doesn't give us access to the FBA information, but should you be doing merchant fulfilled stuff so you do have access to that information? Should you be growing in a D to, in a D to C type arena to, to get that information? And really, people don't understand that advertising and marketing is, is an intangible asset. And you, the way that you have your campaign set up within your Amazon brand is an asset, right? So it could take weeks and weeks for you to renovate those, the structure of your Amazon campaigns in there. So set up your Amazon PPC campaigns in a way that you can have an effect on them when you pull your levers. Because when you're when when aggregators come in and they want to buy your brand, or or if you want to partner with another brand, or you know something else uh, along those lines, when you're looking to exit, you want to have a very good foundation in everything that you're doing, and that's not just the books that you have; it's also the intangibles like your PPC campaign structure, your creatives, your marketing campaigns, you know your listings. There is just so much of intangible assets. I mean, our entire business is intangible, right? other than the products we sell. So it's like you can sit at home and everything that you do or know is a complete intangible. So focus in on the things that you really like doing and and get very, very good at them and hire out everything else. Beautiful. So uh, you heard it from Joey. Dig in and find those things that you can offload, create those standard operating procedures, find those team members that are going to help you grow and build something new. Thank you, Joey, for joining us on the show. How can individuals who are listening reach out to you or find you, connect with you, assuming they're interested in in chatting? Sure. Well, thanks. We are on all of the social media platforms as Zonflip or as Zonflip. So facebook.com backslash Zonflip. Um, like our page, you can join our insiders group. And the easiest way to get a hold of me is Joey at Zonflip. So email Joey at Zonflip if you have any questions. Awesome. Well, appreciate your time today. And that's uh, over and out for today. Thanks, Will.